podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome to the Fabio Pen Podcast. Pod four thirty-five, the first proper pod of the season. Football is back underway. Palace losing two 0 to Arsenal, of course, and we'll talk about that and much more. I'm sure with Joe Walker. Joe, welcome back. Hiya, good to be back for the new season. Feeling refreshed after the summer off. How are you feeling? I mean, you're looking a little bit more uh, like worn down already. They're taking Edinburgh taking its toll. Yeah, six days of Edinburgh, and already I feel like an 88-year-old. Uh, <laughs> I genuinely woke up the other day, and my Achilles is quite sore, which is not good. Not good. It's six days in, but hopefully I'll survive that. Um, just, anyway, the how many, just the how many to go? Well, I've got 15 shows left, I think. Yeah, 15 shows left. But in between that, I've got to fly to Ireland for my best man at my brother's wedding as well. Nice. So, yeah, they could have picked literally any other month ever. But I, I am <laughs> delighted for them, of course. Um, anyway, also joining us, Jack Pierce. <laughs> Hello, to hey, you. JD. Yeah, I'm not here to air any family grievances, so <laughs> I'll, I'll let you do that for the three of us. Thank you. Yeah, it felt good to get it off my chest. So congratulations to your brother and his future wife, though. <laughs> it, well, because it's in Ireland, it's a, it's a two-day wedding as well, so it's not even. You, know, you say it like it's, you say that it's like it's a bad thing. Like, that no, just sounds brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. But I will be thinking about the crowds I could have had at Edinburgh at the time. Um, I should say first of all, actually, a big thank you to we have had quite a few Palace fans turn up to my show in Edinburgh already. So thank nice. you to people that have turned up. Really appreciate that. Um, if you are coming to the Fringe, might as well do it now. Um, and you'd like to come and um, see a show, a gentle, a gentle. What did Kevin say to don't say gentle, say um, a clean. A clean, uplifting comedy show about football and parenthood. Come and see Jim Daly, Football and Fatherhood. Four-star reviewed, I should say. Hello. Football and Fatherhood. Hello. At the Grass Market Community Centre, 4.30pm every day, apart from a few in the middle of the run when I go to Ireland. Uh, it's pay what you want. You can pre-book a ticket for £5 now, which everyone seems to be doing, actually, um, which is very J- nice. JD, probably worth saying that Kevin you referenced was Kevin Day, not just a random... <laughs> person in edinburgh called kevin it wasn't you know kevin friend it was it was po- no god no it, it was pod related <laughs> it was but yeah it was kevin yeah kevin came so it's a very nice thing to listen um kevin friend would have come and then been looking at the wrong monitor or something so it would have been an absolute nightmare. he would have asked craig Pawson what his opinion of the show was <laughs> exactly uh anyway so thank you for letting me do that um admin let's get on to the important admin which of course is a, a drum roll for a random patron Michael, good body. 
Hey, Michael. Oh, well, what a name, Michael Goodbody. It's from Police Academy. <laughs> <laughs> He's just taking loads of sounds of helicopters while he's listening to the... Brilliant football. name. Welcome, Michael. Uh, welcome, Michael. You can join our Patreon, like Mr. Goodbody, and get all the rewards, like post-match podcasts, which, of course, are back on the way at the moment, uh, Patreon-only merchandise, and access to the Patreon-only Discord club at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash... FYP podcast. Um, all patrons get 20% off our merchandise at podcastmerch.co.uk slash FYP hyphen podcast. But of course, patrons do also get their own merch, which we sent out a few months ago and has gone down very well. Now, before we get into talking about the Arsenal game, I am genuinely delighted to welcome back this season our friends at Eternity Home Finance who are sponsoring this week's episode. Uh, obviously, they've been sponsoring us for a couple of years now. Delighted they're back on board. They are, of course, a Croydon-based, palace-supporting, family-run mortgage and protection advisors. For a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages, property portfolios, or help with mitigating against rising interest rates, email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. And it's lovely to have them back on board for the new season. Uh, Joe, Palace were not quite on board for this season with that start against Arsenal. Stats-wise, quite a balanced game actually in fact Palace had more possession than Arsenal but when it came down to it was it simply a case of one team taking their chances and the other team not I think yeah if you really strip it back yes that's very much how it played out Arsenal were by far the better starters to the game I think we've ultimately lost the game in the first 20 minutes um we did catch up to them eventually but by which time we'd conceded a goal uh, frustratingly from a set piece as well. Um, I think while we did grow into the game, I think the safety of the possession stats, you probably have to consider the fact that Arsenal were happy to sort of take a step back and allow us to try and come at them. We had didn't have lots of chances, but we had a, enough big opportunities to get something out of the game, whether it was a draw, whether it was a win. Um, and I think the second goal can happen to anyone in our situation, getting caught on the break, chasing an equaliser five minutes to go, and an own goal off that break, rather than not just a, you know, even... A, I, I really... It's not it's not one of those own goals like the Southampton one at Spurs where you can mm. put it on the defender. I think this is a yeah. just an unfortunate own goal. Um, so, yeah, not, I'm not massively disappointed given the... Given the slightly fractured preseason, which you know actually might have done well for players' fitness, but maybe hampered plans to integrate the slightly new style or approach that we're going to do this season if we do have one. So, you know, we haven't learned everything yet, and I don't think we'll see the best version of that eleven out yet if it is going to stick with that. But um, I'm not downhearted at all. No, I'm, to be honest, Jack, I'm not massively downhearted because it followed the pattern of many games from last season. Bit of a slow start, growing to the game. I actually thought in the second half, Palace were excellent, really. And as Joe says, the goal was against the run of play, the Gehi own goal. Palace really threw everything at Arsenal, barring, obviously, finishing chance. The Eze chance, obviously, is, is the one. It's a lovely ball from Wilf, and, and that should be going in the, in the bottom corner. But actually, was there enough for you there to feel like uh, Palace are pretty much picking up from where they left off last season? Yeah, I'm not concerned at all, really. I, I felt it was a uh, very decent performance, uh, barring the first 20 minutes where I felt we, we let Arsenal run the run the game. Um, but from then on, um, we, we were in the game, uh, played some lovely stuff, 
created chances. Um, the Edward chance at the end of the first half. I haven't seen that back, actually. I thought he did quite well just to get on the end of it, but others seem to think he should have put it away. Um, but the Ebbs chance, I felt that was quite a bad miss. I think he hits it straight at Ramsdale. I don't think Ramsdale really saves that. I think it's kind of at him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the lead-up play to that was, was fantastic. Will's pass is, is brilliant and just demonstrates what a player he's become. He's not just this uh, trick merchant on the wing. He's, he's the playmaker in the middle when he wants to be as well. So on another night, we, we take a point. And I thought if Ebbs had scored that goal, if we'd scored in that first 15 minutes of the second half, I would have fancied us to go on and win it. So, yeah, yeah uh, some real strong points to our game. I thought Anderson was absolutely exceptional. I thought the two best players on the pitch were, were centre-halves. I thought Saliba for Arsenal was outstanding, given it was his first ever Premier League match. But I thought Anderson was was just brilliant. Uh, his defensive play was great, but his ability to to spray passes as accurate as he does, as consistently as he does, is just magnificent. Um, whether it was to Mitchell in the first half, I think he played two out to Tyreek, which were great. Um, but in the second half, his passes straight down the right-hand side, which is actually a very difficult pass to execute, um, over Zinchenko and, and set Ayu away. But then as the half went on, he started to switch play over to Will from the left-hand side. That's such an asset for our game. So that was a real positive. I thought Decore did well enough, given it was his first game in a new league, in a very competitive part of the pitch. Um, not surprised to see him go down after 75, 80 minutes with... Well, I presume is cramp. I, I think we'll see him fit and ready for yeah, the Liverpool game. Um, and then, yeah, the 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 style of play kind of carried on a, a bit. That we, you know, the the big hole in terms of comparing to last season is missing that kind of impactful uh, pressing from Conor Gallagher. But it only took twenty seven minutes uh, for me to hear the, that for the first time from someone behind me. So I was waiting to hear the first where's Conor Gallagher mentioned. So that was. Um, that was probably longer than I thought. I thought we'd probably hear that in the first 10 minutes. But yeah, that was the main difference that obviously the midfield aren't pressing as high because we haven't got that kind of energy that, that Connor was providing last season. But that's not to say that we won't benefit from other elements of the uh, the midfielders play um, as, as the weeks go on. But no, disappointing result, of course. Don't want to lose your first game of the season. Don't ever really want to lose at home. Um, but in terms of performance and, and indications of where this season's going to go, I'm not put off in the slightest. Completely agree. Thanks for filling while I was trying to look for a charger there. Thanks. Sorry, listener, that was a bit rambling, done. but there was a, no, it was expertly done. a quick exit off the screen. Because <laughs> I am in a, I am in a different location. I'm, I'm at a standing desk. Uh, to be honest, I quite like it. It feels, it feels very hippie back. Yeah. yeah, good fun. But I feel like I'm in. A, uh, I joined a startup in East London, <laughs> um, which is, which is very different. Um, you're right about Anderson. Absolutely brilliant, and. Um, his new hair looks fantastic as well. I mean, it just adds, doesn't it, to the whole He's a aesthetic. Bastard. He's a handsome bastard. boy. Yeah. But you're right, that those those crossfield balls will become such an asset this season, and he, and he was absolutely excellent. Someone who wasn't excellent, Joe, I think it's probably the ref. Now, I can't remember who it was, but I'm sure Jack already knows the ref's first, last, middle name and address. Just the surname, um, just uh, Taylor, comma, A, Anthony Taylor. <laughs> okay, oh, was it? Okay. Because um, this handball penalty shout, we got a question from Chris McCart. McCartney, sorry, Chris. Hey, Chris. Um, fifty-six. The first fifty-five were taken, um, and he's the only person actually that has mentioned this. But I'm sure we're all thinking about it. Why was there not a penalty for handball against Gabriel when last season at Sellers, Luca conceded a penalty against West Ham for the exact same offence? Absolutely bang on. And there was a couple this weekend. There was one one in uh, in the Leeds game where the keeper it was Saar punches the Leeds player in the side of the head in the box and, and doesn't get that one. Are we are we are we again seeing the same old? VAR issues crop up again. First game of the season. You see, you're seeing revised change. There's changes happening quite frequently to these rules. 
relatively minor ones in the in terms of how it's written or whatever enough to add clarification but sometimes i wonder if they happen so frequently that a referee might kind of be referring instinctively to the the previous installment or amendment to the to the rule sometimes because yeah I, I, live that handball i thought Oh, it must. I assume it was handball, but it must have occurred in a natural position or something like that, because it, they'd surely flag it otherwise. And for them not to, having seen the replay, I was very, very surprised. Um, but I, I, I'd be lying to you if I said I know exactly what how the law is applied at the moment. So I don't want to go too, um, to like six oh six screaming down the phone or anything to. Until I know myself, because I genuinely, it generally could be correct decision these days. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, let's come to our resident anti-referee <laughs> pa- panelist. Um, Joe's absolutely right. I mean, I have no idea what the rules are now, and I, it's probably fair to assume that some of the refs maybe don't either. They do keep changing, but sh- the thing we keep getting told, or certainly by the pundits on TV, is that if it's an uh, if it's an unnatural position, it's a handball. If it's natural and it's down by the side, then it's not. But this was c- clearly out away from his body and he gained the advantage by the touch by, by clearing it away yeah yeah I mean I, I in the homes down low I was at the other end of the pitch but at the time I thought that's definitely close if that's not a penalty it's borderline and uh, seeing that back I do think that is that is a penalty but by no means the worst non-VAR intervention of the weekend um probably not even the top three I, I, I mean two spring to mind that Jose Saar one it's ridiculous how that's yeah. not a penalty and then you know, uh, don't really want to talk about them on the pod, but the push in the back of Danny Welbeck, Old Trafford, um, it's it's just a penalty. Like, the, these are penalty kicks, and just because the referee hasn't got it, I think we are going, whatever the rules are, and I fully take on Joe's point about what is the offside law, I, I couldn't tell you um, definitively what the current um, interpretation of the law is. But I think we are still facing this issue of colleagues, many of whom are close friends who spend a lot of the week together training at, um, at Burton are publicly humiliated or could be considered to be publicly humiliating one another by on national television telling them you've got that really badly wrong I, I do think it takes a hell of a uh, decision or hell of a hell of an incident to overturn decision encourage the referee to go and, and look at it because we've seen yeah a number this weekend already where the referee really should be sent to at least go and see the challenge and some of them, the SAR one and the Welbeck one particularly, I don't even think the VAR needs to tell the referee to go and look at it again. I think they should just be in a position to say yeah. that's a stonewall penalty and you should be awarding that right away. But yeah, same issues. Um, I don't think Anthony Taylor had that bad a game. Um, I, I actually thought he he let the game run. He does typically like the game to flow. A couple of 50 50s. Uh, which went their way, which I didn't think were right. Um, yeah. And that, I think, was in the second half when we were fairly on top. Um, but, yeah, he, he's one of the better referees in the league, so I'm not going to, uh, you know, moan about him too much because we'll see a lot worse at Selhurst this season than Nancy Taylor. Yeah. Uh, my, my main gripe with his performance, I think he was a bit... He took... Which normally is not a thing you criticise referees for. I think he took a, took a while to get his cards out. Yeah. Uh, and there was uh, a Jesus late sort of uh, attempt at a block on a greater yeah. kick that maybe I didn't see the replays. It looked horrible in real time. And it, it, I don't, I'm not even sure he got booked for that. No, I don't think he did. Um, but we, at least we knew the season had kicked off properly when Granit Xhaka got booked. So, yes. you know, that's, that's when the season really started. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, typically 
you look back at you know yellow cards later on in the game and you think they wouldn't have been making those challenges if the referee had um had you know issued yellow cards earlier on in the game and Ben White I think could have been booked a bit earlier than than when he did for a very crude pullback on Wilf. Um and it's a different game if the player's on a yellow card and and they're not going to make that challenge later on in the game. But yeah, Anthony Teller wasn't the reason why why we lost, you know, a bit of slack marking from a corner and and a fluky own goal really. But on another night I'm I'm quite com- confident that we would have got a point um, if if other things had gone our way. Let's get on to corners then, because we had a question from the real Gareth Davies. I don't know hey, if there's some hey the real the, well, the fake guys going around pretending to be. Wait, didn't, didn't Gareth Davies play for Palace? It was in a sort of 96, 97, around that time. There was a Gareth yeah. Davies. So do we think this is him, or do we think he is being the fake Gareth Davies, and this non-famous Gareth Davies is the real one? Joe, I think he may have been one of the many Palace youth players who came to our school to present present he certificates or something. Absolutely yeah. was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right in that category for right awards. In that, right in that year, awards. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so the real Gareth Davies, whether or not he played Palace, don't know. It just says simply corners. W T A F. What the actual F for anyone who doesn't know what that means? Um, is this a worry, Joe? Um, do you know what? I think I, I tried to make a point last year that we'd got better at defending from set pieces in the latter half of this last season and I thought it was we we were conceding so many many early on that we st- remained very high up in the the charts for goals conceded from those opportunities so for it to happen on this one occasion I want to just uh, my my heart's ruling my head here and I'm saying <laughs> it's okay don't worry it's just a freak moment we haven't had a lot of time on a training ground together we'll it will be sorted out again soon we will we'll learn from that but things like that stick in your head so even if it's a few months in between it's still you know we had a problem not that long ago with them so when you see that happen you automatically do start to go back to that uh have we not actually have we really not sorted that out yet i must say actually we are a much shorter team <laughs> than we have ever been i think uh decor is not a big guy um in terms of height i think anderson's the Anderson's your height option. We didn't have Bateta starting. Yeah. Um, Benteke's gone since we last had a pod. And, you know, even though he's not been a regular starter, one of him or Mateta would be very good at that yeah. near post charge to the corners and, and getting it out. Even, that- even Wardy, you know, if he starts yeah. at right back, he, he typically joins the centre-halves in picking up the threats from set pieces. And obviously Klein started the other day. So, yeah, the, we, we did look... A bit smaller at set pieces on on Friday yeah. night, which but al- although that didn't seem to impact this goal in particular, this was very much a uh, maybe maybe it's that opening day training ground routine. They can only try that once, and they yeah. got away with it. They can't we, do uh, it again. We're talking height, but the smallest player in Arsenal colours yeah. ever night, Zinchenko, was the one who won yeah. the free header. So, yeah. but it wasn't even yeah. yeah for, sorry, it was a free header. I mean, it, it's, it, a, it's it a bang like, average goal to concede. Yeah, like, that that's probably one of the softest goals that we've conceded in in front of the lower or in front of the Homesdale that I can remember. Uh, I think Van Dyke scored a pretty soft one yeah. last year, yeah. and then uh, going back a few years ago, I remember Robert Hoof uh, just kind of walking up into the penalty area and, and nodding in from a throw-in direct. Uh, 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 yeah, it just struck me that that goal was just yeah a bit naff and, and very cheap to concede. Um, well, let's, let's let's hope that is something. Let's hope that Joe's right, basically, and that it is a blip and it's not a trend. But we'll end part one on this question though, because it does. One of you did mention it, and it does. It does lean towards it, and it's from Jamie Penston Raja. 
Hey, Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Jamie. It's a shame we look decidedly like a team who had their pre-season with the team split on two sides of the world. Otherwise, I think Arsenal would have been there for the taking. How long do you think it will take to get the team gelling? And is it a blessing or a curse that we've had a lot of the quote-unquote tougher fixtures while we get settled? It's one of those things, Jack, isn't it, where it's like, if Palace do well, people will say, well, it was great because all the players got minutes in pre-season and the fact they were on the other side of the world meant that people got chances. And if we do badly over the next few weeks, people say, well, the team was split in pre-season, so, you know, you're never going to do anything. So I guess it's one or the other, but is it a factor for you? Uh, I think I'm of the camp that the longer it goes on, the more of a factor it becomes. But that said, we've got Arsenal at home and then Liverpool away. So the odds against us picking up points in those first two games were, were, were probably quite high. Um maybe home to Arsenal was was the better option of the two to, to pick up points. So, I mean, if you think the players were separated for two or 10 days, I think they were separated 10 days into the season, you'd think they would have caught up if I'm using logic appropriately. <laughs> lovely, lovely maths. <laughs> so let's think the Liverpool game might be a bit of a write-off. It probably would be a bit of a write-off anyway. Don't think many teams are going to go to Anfield and, and, and do much this season. Um, so I'm hoping after that game at, at Liverpool, you know, next Monday, any excuse regarding the splitting up of the squad should be redundant. As we head into the Villa game, um, I'd be hoping that we're not talking about this anymore. You know, defensive shape at a corner. Does 10 days apart mean that we forget how to pick someone up at the back stick? I don't know. These, these players have been playing professional football all their lives. I, I don't think splitting a, a group of professional footballers up for 10 days contributed to that. I didn't think we looked light in terms of fitness. I thought we looked good. Um, thought we matched them. We weren't struggling at any point to, to stick with them. Um, so that's that's a positive. But I do think the longer it goes on, the more fans will be able to point at a rather disjointed uh, pre-season. Amplified somewhat by Jamie Carragher picking up on it on the TV coverage. He talked about it. Um, so those of, of, of Palace Persuasion watching at home would have had it kind of pushed in front of them by the by the pundit. But yeah, I'm, I'm still relatively relaxed about it. It's not ideal. There's absolutely no way that was the plan. Um, but it is it is what it is, as those on Love Island would say. I mean, one of the things I saw, Joe, we won't be going back to Asia next summer. No, evidently not, unless unless there's a, some a, lot, a fewer restrictions. Yeah, we we might go somewhere where vaccination status isn't as big a factor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, possibly. But yeah, I I I think yeah, Jack, I agree with Jack in that the I think fitness is not the concern from that disjointed preseason. It's just that, and it, and you know what what also should help with us regardless is the fact that I think we only have one new player in that starting 11 it was just decore out of the new yeah. uh, arrivals um which and you know that might that might change moving forward uh, as johnston gets fit or uh, you know well we might cover that later i think malcolm evioe is really shot in the last four or five days even prior to that it's a real contender to start very soon i think suddenly out of nowhere and um i feel like but for for just friday for example i've you know, it's only sort of, it's a minute detail, but enough to kind of maybe have it leave us with a question about, do they need that that extra 10 days, which is the, you know, we're not just, we haven't really just swapped out Gallagher for Eze. We've slightly readjusted that midfield and we're, the question mark is which, you know, which combination is the one that allows Decore to do his job, but also retains the energy that allows for Eze to play to his strengths 
while also compensating for what the you know the given the natural exchange that that we've accept, essentially accepted and i think all the fans actually wanted to see i think it was a risk that we were all actually kind of we at least want to see a, a run of it of, with with this approach um I did think early on, I was worried that we might have asked a bit too much of Decore early on, just because I don't think Schlupp was necessarily uh, fulfilling that role. He wasn't necessarily slowing the Arsenal attacks from midfield down necessarily in the way we probably wanted him to. And it was just left on Decore. But again, we grew into the game and I would probably like to see that same 11 or perhaps maybe a change up front. Other than that, I'd kind of want to see it again a few more weeks. Villa, Villa is the, is a big one at the moment. I feel like that's early doors. We trying to. What's their for... excuse? They took all their squad to Australia, so. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, they look bang average at Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah, but that that suddenly is looking like we need suddenly eyeing that game a bit like how we did early on with the Brentford one, and we didn't win it. Where we were kind of going, well, if we don't win that game, we we might be sat on a point after four or five games. So, yeah, I. Liverpool, I'm not too concerned about, like, but I expect to see us as is again for the next couple of weeks anyway, before we make any rash decisions. Yeah, I mean, rash decisions. What else do we do as fans? That's just what we do. I think, I think I'm going to call this week's episode 10 days because I think you're absolutely right about that, which sort of sounds like sort of Craig David follow-up single, the more sort of lazy lover approach. Given, yeah, given his age, he probably needs 10 probably, days. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's a modern Craig David. Modern loves. Craig David. Yeah, not in his um, 20s anymore, Craig. No, exactly. Well, maybe none of us are. Um, <laughs> anyway, so let's, let's wrap up part one there. When we come back, we're going to do winners and losers, just like last season. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. 
Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to the Fucker Plan Podcast. Beautifully done. Uh, sponsored this week by Trinity Home Finance for a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages, property portfolios, or help with mitigating against rising interest rates. Email info at Eternity Home Finance and quote the code FYP. Now, this is winners and losers. It's back. Feels like ages since we did this. This is, of course, a patron only section. So if you're on the patron feed, you will now hear our winners and losers. If you're not, if you're on the public feed, Firstly, what are you doing? Come on, you've known about Patreon long enough. Um, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash FYP podcast. If you don't want to, that's fine. But you will now hear a clip from the post-match pod. So a little teaser as the sort of thing you could have if you signed up to the Patreon. Sounds like a punishment. <laughs> <laughs> you will now listen to Rob. Rob Sutherland for five minutes. I'm so sorry. But, you know, if you... Do- I liked it, Rob. <laughs> and Nav, Julian, I thought, I thought it was really good. It was good, actually. It was good. They were, But they, they were certainly, unlike Palace, they were back to form very, very quickly. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's make the split now. Frustrating 2-0 defeat. First half, it took about 20-odd 20 20 minutes to kind of get going. And by that stage, it's just just so happens that Arsenal score and that's when Palace started to play. But what were your thoughts on, on the kind of those opening 20 minutes and, and, and then what followed in the first half? Yeah, we started really slowly, didn't we? I mean, Arsenal were all, all over us. They pressed us. They didn't press us when, they, when we beat them 3-0 um, at the end of last season. They pressed us very well. 
goal at the start of the game and I was saying to Julian inside we conceded the sort of goal which showed we had a disjointed pre-season split over two continents and they just looked sharp from the start didn't they Absolutely. Julian made the point they had a you know, strong pre-season and it showed I think so. It, it, they, we looked like we were playing a team that were informed. They've had a 10 out of 10 pre-season. And we probably had a, what, six, six and a half pre-season. And when we got to the second half, of the second uh, the first half, after they'd scored, it felt like we were coming into the game. So disappointing that we didn't manage to score from the multitude of chances we had. But fair play to Arsenal. I felt they were strong. They looked in form. Uh, I thought they played very, very well. And um, it's a shame it was 2-0, but they deserve to win in my opinion it, it was interesting looking at the statistics because Palace basically dominated possession yep. had an almost equal XG so the chances we had we really should have scored from for people on holiday in Croatia can you explain what XG is <laughs> uh, it means it's essentially they take position every position on the on the, the pitch work out how likely it is that a team has scored from that position and extrapolate that into a statistic, a number that's, that shows, says how likely it is that a team would score from that position. Thank you, Robert. That explanation was sponsored by Andrew Street. Thank you. <laughs> Brilliant. So anyway, but that is... that, And, and then it's... I think we had two big chances created, two big chances missed, and, and ultimately Arsenal had that... Arsenal took the chances and, and yeah. they got a little bit fortunate I think Gay scored the, the second and then uh, scored the second as an own goal and the first one was basically pinball in the box wasn't it and it, yeah. it just yeah it just felt a bit disjointed in the first 20 minutes and it kind of set the tone Arsenal set the tone really well but we had to it, it took a while for Palace to grow into that that game yeah. what no, I did I think we, we took a long time to grow into it there's, there's questions obviously I think Edward's miss was I've not seen it again it looked like he should have scored yeah. from where we were sat and Eze in the second half was a beautiful ball by Zaha wasn't it yeah. and um, Eze should have put those away I mean Ramsdale made a good save there but I think I thought Ramsdale was, was particularly fragile throughout the game. He made mistakes. Was he nervous? I don't know. But he made the, the save of the game, which mm-hmm. kept Arsenal in the game. So all credit to him. Don't tell me he wears Celsius gloves. He doesn't, does he? I don't think he, I don't think he does. Problem. I'm sorry. If he, if, he, if, he, if, he, if, he, if he does, he shouldn't wear them anymore. An Adam goalkeeper would never drop the ball at corners. Okay. Controversial, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's a fact. It's a fact, you <laughs> <laughs> No, it's. Um, I think um, there's questions to answer. I think in terms of the, the squad makeup, I think we looked to midfielder short. I think if you're starting with Schlupp and you're bringing on Hughes and, and Milivojevic, with respect to all of them, they've all got part to play this season, especially with five subs. We need a midfielder, and I think we need a striker. I think especially now Benteke's gone, we're we're short of one anyway. And um, yeah, I think Edward, if he's going to play, he's got to put away the chances he gets, right? Because yeah. he doesn't give sure. us hold-up play. The ball wasn't sticky. He wasn't giving sure. us that link-up play that Mateta was when he came on. But then, obviously, Mateta came on in a different circumstance and situation. Hard to influence the game for, 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 from then. But I think, when, I've come away thinking we definitely need a striker in central midfielder. I think anything less uh, than that. That's a fair comment. I felt, sure. I felt when Mateta came on... Uh, the mayhem that he created was the mayhem we expect from Mateta. I, I was thinking before the game maybe we would start him and bring on Edouard after he'd softened up Arsenal's uh, uh, defence. But, uh, you know, Arsenal's defence was strong. 
They were very, very good. Uh, they will uh, be strong against a lot of other sides compared to us. Fair play to Arsenal. I thought they did really well. I do think that Arsenal came to this game with a bit of a point to prove because they Absolutely. were so poor in the, in, the, in the last fixture yeah. here. Um, and, and they showed it. I mean, they... they you know, the, 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 the difficulty for me, talking about the midfield very quickly, Schlupp is in that side with a very specific kind of intention, which is provide defensive cover, but also make driving runs with the, with the ball. Yeah. And he, he really didn't do that for large parts of the game. And then the other problem that we had, especially in the first half, and it kind of started being resolved a little bit in the second and, and, and towards the, the end of the first half, is as a... Just, I think Eze playing in that central role, it ne- he needs the ball. And in a crowded midfield, he just didn't get it very often. And it, it, it improved once he moved into kind of wider areas and was given a bit more license to drift. And um, I'm sure that that will, that will, you know, that will come. It's going to be a challenge. There's, there's obviously going to be comparisons with Gallagher. Yeah. They're not the same player. It's, it's, it's I, gonna think, I think where we're leading to there, Rob, is that you're talking about the, the makeup of our midfield and the, where the dynamic is. And, and the Gallagher hole is an interesting uh, problem to, 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 to look at. Schlepp, Schlepp, sorry, Schlepp, Eze and um, Ducure is an interesting combo. Is it the right one? I don't know. Ducure was very busy. Um, he had a lot to do. I, I thought he, it was a good Premier League debut for him. Um, have we got the right balance right now in midfield? I don't think we have. And I, it feels like we want someone to play like Conor Gallagher played with a little bit more dynamic and a little bit more uh, intensity and a bit more press. That's how it feels. I think we'll find the identity this season, right? Last season was all about the press and yes. keeping the ball. And if Vieira wants to move the ball a bit quicker this season, well, as he's talked about with Decore, you've probably got to give away some of the press. Yeah. And you could say, I tell you, we weren't pressing like we pressed last season at all. Probably made sense. We didn't have MacArthur and Gallagher to do it, right? So, um, yeah, got to find the identity this season. Again, I'm not sorry with my... Just because I bought Alan Davis a pint in the bloody Porsons, it doesn't mean I'm an Arsenal fan, but... Uh, Who's Alan Davis? Oh, exactly. Tell him that. Comedian. Tell, oh. tell, tell him. He's funnier than Kevin Day, apparently. He told me that. <laughs> the uh, Arsenal press, I thought, and the shape of their press uh, was superb. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up their arsenals, but um, they, they were they were magnificent tonight. We competed very well, didn't deserve to lose 2-0. I'm ahead at the beginning of the game, thought we might lose. My heart was hoping for a draw, and my head has won. I think Decore is going to be interesting, because I think one of the things that we will benefit from as he kind of grows into that midfield role, and as he kind of becomes a more kind of pivotal point, is players just making runs off him a little bit more, because he's got the He's got the passing ability. It's almost like having a Anderson in in that midfield in terms of in terms of passing range, um, and and that that will come. But it's going to be really difficult initially because it's it's going to take an adjustment. The Premier League is so intense, and Arsenal's midfield press was just so so intense. We just really struggled to retain the ball. We struggled to kind of to to, to convert the possession, and and it just didn't turn into. There, there just wasn't any anything majorly mean. Meaningful. The thing I would say, though, I thought, I thought um, 
moving on to the attack, I thought Ayu was frustrating, but it was interesting that, that Anderson and Ayu had the better of Zinchenko every single time. Every time the ball, Anderson had the ball and he, he, he lumped it over Zinchenko's head, he just struggled. And it was just frustrating with, with, with Ayu that he would find himself in these advantageous positions and then just not convert them into actual opportunities. It's a bit of a problem with, with Jordan, isn't it? We should, to be fair, he won't be starting right when the season, when Elise is back and because some of the other players get up to speed, and he is what you'd probably expect a Palace squad player to be, right? Things he's good at, yeah. things, mistakes he makes. Yeah. I think, yes, frustrating decision making his final ball, not shooting when he had the opportunity once or twice. I guess you balance that out against what he gives the team. Going the other way did help out Klein quite a lot. It's going to be you know, an interesting season for him. I think as the season goes on, he'll be more of a bit part player. And I think with five subs, he could be you know, a useful option as the season goes on. And if we don't replace Benteke, you might need him up front. I mean, things went 4-4-2 for a while today, right? And he was the one who was up there next to Mateta. So maybe we'll have another, another role to play. I think it's worth saying, uh, for those who haven't heard the news, but uh, it was announced uh, by, well, was it by DC United or us, but uh, Benteke has moved uh, to Colin Rooney's husband's club. Uh, is, that is DC United, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, so he's moved. Uh, so that option has uh, gone. Well played, uh, Benteke. Uh, thanks for thanks for that goal at Chelsea, the little chip and the dink and uh, some fabulous moments. But we Brian wish you very well. Brian oh, the Brighton back hill, man. Well, and the assist the year before. We'll always have Brighton. Oh, uh, yeah. But thank Thank you, uh, uh, Christian, and uh, uh, wish you well over in the US of A. Uh, thanks very much. Did we miss Christian Benteke today, Naveed? <laughs> I'll always miss Christian Benteke. <laughs> I'm a big he'll, fan. He'll always miss you as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan. I think, Especially um, in front of goal. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we didn't miss him per se. I think we missed a forward with physical presence who can hold the ball up and, and, and link play, right? We didn't, apart from that one chance, Edward had Mateta didn't have a chance to miss. Well, the, the, the cross... There was the cross from was it Wilf? Or Were they fouled? Two of them fouled I think each other. It was both it? Mateta and uh, Schlupp that kind of. It, it basically the, the ball went right Between through the, yeah, through yeah. the box. Yeah, yeah. No, I think we we, we miss we we'll miss having an option of a big player who's good in the air who's got I mean, his aerial statistics around his win, winning the winning the ball in the air was were, were immense, right? For his whole for his whole time here, even in those couple of poor seasons that he had in front of goal, we'll. We need that option. We need somebody who's going to come off the bench and, and do that or hopefully start. Do you think there's... There, there, when it comes to talking about replacing Benteke, um, which they're going to... You would think they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to yeah, get yeah. a striker to, to do that. What kind of striker do you think that they're going to go for? Do you, it's not going to be a Benteke, is it, really? It's going to, it, it would be someone who's more pressing, who, does, who probably does a little bit more of the kind of pressing high up, a little bit like Jesus tonight, who I thought was... Fabulous, wasn't he? Was, he, he looks like a player that's a completely different player for, for Arsenal compared to Man City, yeah. just in terms of confidence and his running about, and, and, but the, the pressure that he put on. Yeah. And that is... Do you think that that's the kind of player that Palace are going to be looking for? I think they're looking for a sort of a buzzy Andy John type, aren't they, that's going to cause annoyance in the box and be zippy. That's the kind of Ford Palace fans like, a zippy guy gets shots away on target. Um, or Glenn Murray. I, I, I can't think of what we're going to do. Don't know where we're going to find him, but I don't believe we would have sold Benteke or moved Benteke on if there wasn't a plan. I mean, maybe I'm a little bit optimistic here, but it, I, I would guess there's something going on in the background. 
that was our winners and losers this week. If you're a patron, hopefully you enjoyed that. If you're not a patron, thanks for rejoining us. Um, we hope you enjoyed the little clip from Friday night's post-match pod. And do consider joining our patron to get all sorts of goodies um, at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash FYP podcast. Right after the break, questions. Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. We are, for the most part, a reactionary society. If your neighbor has a break-in, you think about getting an alarm. If your buddy gets laid off, you say, I better buckle down at work. If banks start closing, you may want to ask yourself if you should keep most or all of your money in a bank. It may be time for a portfolio protection plan. It may be time to have a little personal gold reserve. Go to www.oxfordgoldgroup.com to learn more. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. When it comes to business and meeting travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold your meeting or the innovative industries that will make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insights said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. And when work wraps up for the day, the evening is just getting started. I'd love to tell you about all the 46 Michelin-rated restaurants or the array of outstanding dishes that'll have you coming back again and again. But executive chef Guillaume Rabin of Lake Nona Wave Hotel can sum it up better than me. Orlando has a world of artisans, so you can try incredible cuisines from across the globe. It's so true, and there's so much more. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at orlandoforbusiness.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Back to the Fabi Plan podcast. Oui. Sponsored by Eternity Home Finance for a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages, property portfolios, or help with mitigating against rising interest rates. Email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. Uh, before we get into questions, 
this week from our listeners. Jack, I believe you wanted to uh, do a nod to an anniversary. Yeah, I mean, for those of you, uh, for the patrons, I, I have aged us by talking about just how young Marco Mabue is, but just to kind of <laughs> add fuel to that fire, today, the, we're recording on the 9th of August, is 25 years to the day since Attilio Lombardo's debut at Goodison Park in a famous 2-1 wow. win, which, again, in my mind, was about three years ago. So uh, I, I have some serious issues to, to process. But, yeah, I know that's a – maybe for, for younger fans, that is quite a, a memorable day in that, you know, Lombardo playing for Palace was just such a sight um, and to score such a great goal on his debut. Um, but from a personal perspective, that was actually my first ever Palace away day. Nice. My wow. dad surprised me on the Friday night and took me up. Um, and we sat with the Palace fans and, uh, yeah, got lots of memories of, of a fun day aged eight, including returning home with a football pink, uh, which I don't know if they still do them anymore. That was the um, the, the newspaper with the results, uh, oh, wow. like, typed up within minutes of the game, and they were handed to you outside the ground. But I don't think – I never remember seeing them at Selhurst. I think that may have been a Northwest phenomenon. Right. How on earth are they doing that? Logistically, that's actually really impressive. Incredible. But it, yeah, it was released like certainly within an hour of the game. So if you hung around in the pubs after the game, somebody would come around. Um, yeah, great stuff. I don't think I don't think they're done anymore. Why would they be done? A bit like the classified football results, eh? Oh, no, well, let's no, not no, open that can no. of worms. Um, but yeah, 25 years since Tilly Lombardo. I mean, I remember listening to that in the back of mum and dad's car on the radio. And again, not quite. I remember the day dad came into the living room and went, I've never seen my dad, dad excited. We've got him. We've got him. We've got who? Atelio Lombardo. Like, he couldn't believe it. And I'm just, I'm, I'm now going through Juve's current squad. I'm trying to think, young, to give younger fans like a reference, sort of, like, is it like Palace signing Dybala, Paolo Dybala? Well, he's gone actually already, isn't he? But... Yeah, no, I'll try to think, yeah, it would be quite... He was It'd be 20, a guy, a guy who was playing... He was, he was 20, 31. He was 31. 31 had won... Won a title out there, yeah, and was playing for Juventus, who was as big as they are now. Even you know, playing European football. Year and, had they had they the year before just been beaten in the Champions League final, which I think he made an appearance. I think they lost to Borussia Dortmund the year before. Possibly, it's yeah. unbelievable signing. And what the hell he was doing in a Palace shirt? <laughs> I have no idea. And Absolutely. stayed when we went down. I know what a guy. And famously. Yeah. First off the draft boards in this year's FYP Palace All Time Eleven drafts, which I think means more to him than anything. So it's the one he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's move on to actual questions then about well, the player that's left us, Christian Benteke, gone to DC United. Did not see that one coming at all, and was one of these weird things where the rumor was out, and within about five minutes, it was confirmed. Which never happens these days. Um, we've got a few questions about that PC wires. Can we take a moment to thank Benteke for his contribution to the club and wish him all the best for the future? It hasn't always been pretty, and we've all questioned his place at times, but he has been a loyal servant for six years. Wow. And given us some great moments that I think deserves more appreciation. I think, Joe, that's absolutely right. And weirdly, for a player that didn't score a lot of goals, and in fact, for a few years, didn't score any goals, he sort of leaves almost like a sort of cult hero, well-loved Palace player. It's a very weird situation. Yeah, for what is this, what remains our record sign-in to have this 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 sort of reputation as a, well, certainly for myself, I was really happy that he at least had a redemption in that. Mm. There, we were we knew there was a player there. There was some horrible 
long injuries and 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 recurring injuries. Uh, I feel I feel like whatever he he had a bad Achilles injury at Villa that I think he had a few recurring issues with, and you could see the sort of explosive pace had gone. But that first season under Allardyce, anything put near him was going in off his head, yeah. and we slightly changed our approach. I feel like I feel like we didn't. A lot of fans that were fans of him felt it wasn't always the best utilized. I think I was going crazy last season. There were moments where you'd bring him off the bench and then stop doing long balls. And I just thought, what the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it got really bad. Obviously the, there was that huge turning point with the grabbing the ball off Luca against Bournemouth and missing that penalty. Yeah. We had that re- and it didn't seem to score for ages after that. Then there was the quote unquote redemptive penalty against Leicester and that big, four five nil party against Leicester um at the end of the season. But then I was what it is a shame, but I, I was happy for him in that lockdown year where he got into double figures. It looked like he'd fought his way back in and it was we were starting to play in a style that suited him and he seemed to have his head high again and a confident player at least if even if he'd lost some of that pace and agility. But yeah, it's almost like then the new management came in and you know pretty quickly it was obvious that didn't seem to be favored for the approach that we did with a high pressing from the front it was never going to be a marriage that worked with Vieira so there was a slight dig from Jonathan Benteke his brother on Twitter in the last few days sort of called Vieira puppet which is interesting but um who I mean he should be quiet I mean we let's let's be honest Played a game for Palace because his brother was there. It was almost like a little say. sweetener in a deal. Oh, it he was. got some nerve. Pal- to Palace legend, Jonathan Benteke. <laughs> One game, game wonder. Can you name the game? Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough away. away. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Which was his brother's Kate. debut. It's like, okay, we've got to do this. Let's just get over and done with. <laughs> yeah. You can come on, Jonathan, and then you can just piss off. <laughs> and uh, came off for him as well. Like, rather... I would have quite enjoyed seeing them together. Did he actually? Right? Yeah, it was it was one off for the other. Um, That's brilliant. But yeah, it, it, it's a shame it didn't work out. And having earned his right to a new deal, which I think most people were happy with uh, at the time. Yeah. Uh, once our, having come to this summer, it was pretty clear that we're going to have to move him on because I'm sure, even though it's probably not on the original wages he was on, still pretty significant for someone that is yeah. arguably third choice striker at times. So, yeah, I'm just. I was just surprised it happened uh, nonetheless because for the last year and a half, I feel like whenever there were links with him moved away, bar one January window where he was linked with Chelsea, mm. uh, which was quite strange. Yeah. But other than that, it's been Club Bruges and, 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 and you could tell that he wasn't interested because it indicated a big drop in wages if he was going to do that. And um, with links with Wolves this summer briefly, and it, it was if they didn't want to pay out Burnley um, last transfer year. fees and Burnley yeah. didn't want to go there. Um, so when I saw DC United, I thought that no, doesn't seem like one that's going to bite. But evidently, perhaps they've offered him as quite a nice wage deal. Where from reportedly, we haven't actually quote unquote made any money off that deal. We are just mm-hmm. they're essentially just taking over his contract. Yeah. So we do save quite a significant amount in wages to play with. Um, and then that leaves that question whether how we who what we do in in instead and i imagine i i think that's where we'll use the loan market because it's i just don't think i keep saying i'm not sure where money's coming from i i do think now we've we've spent the most of our money that's remaining for this summer 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll put it out for a striker just because the even with Dougie's magic, I feel like the the threshold is so high. It, yeah. Which is anything. It's a hard one. Um he will do really well. I mean, the MLS is not like what it used to be. It is a competitive league. Um, but he'll do very well out there. He'll do very well. He's only 31. So mm-hmm. he will do well. Um, Jack, if I could then actually put, I guess, you know, PC's question to you as well, and mm-hmm. maybe your your goodbye message to Christian. Um, but also, Christian, Christian, if you're listening, if you're listening. <laughs> he won't be. Jonathan will be listening. But Christian will be listening. <laughs> Sharpening his knives. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, Jack has sent us a question. Hey, Jack. Hi, Jack. Uh, following Ben Tecker's department, should we look to bring in an experienced striker or give Plange, I swear it's Plange, I think I'm the only Palace fan that said it like that. I think um, you are too, yeah. <laughs> a chance. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? And just, I guess, following on from what Joe said about what happens next. Yeah, I, I just answering the second one, I, I think Luke Plange, uh, oh, kind of Thank halfway you. between the two. Kind of <laughs> halfway working. between the two. Luke Plange. Plange. Um, <laughs> Luke Plange. Um, I think uh, I've seen a lot more from him than I thought we would see because I thought he was quite rough and ready at Derby last year I thought he what he did well he did well but there were elements of his game where I just thought he's really not ready for the Premier League but you know during pre-season he has you know scored a fair few and, and contributed a lot um a lot to the pre-season program so you know he, he'll have impressed uh Vieira and, and Roberts and particularly Austin Roberts who was coaching him for, for most of the pre-season um but I think he probably would benefit from a, a loan move to a lower league, uh, unlike Malcolm, who, you know, as Joe said, I think is probably ready to be that kind of diamond in the rough. Um, so I wouldn't want Plange to become third choice striker. Um, and I think, as Joe said, use of the loan market probably would be smart to, to add a bit more depth to that that part of the squad. I mean, what's interesting with Benteke is he started his Palace career by being announced just before we played at Spurs. Um, back in 2016 so I remember him signing while we were in the concourse at, at White Hart Lane as it was as still then um, and then this one I found out sat in the goat house that he was he was leaving so you know he kind of starts and ends his career um, with me with a pint in my hand looking forward to a game which is a bit of a, a an odd coincidence but look he did he fulfill the potential of that signing probably not I think given where he was at the time um, and the money we spent, I think we probably would have wanted a bit more out of him. But that said, his goals in his first season, without them, you know, we wouldn't have stayed in, in the Premier League. Um, you know, albeit uh, Allardyce did bring in Luca and, and Mamadou Sacco, um, and, and they were very important signings. But Benteke was the one, you know, scoring the goals. Those two goals that he scored at Anfield in that 2-1 win, um, fantastic. And I feel that in terms of his time at Palace, I think that's when he was at the peak of his powers. Yeah. Um, and then as time went on, a couple of injuries, falling out with the crowd in that Bournemouth game, which I think in nearly 30 years of sporting Palace was perhaps the moment or the worst moment for an individual Palace player with the Selhurst faithful. I, the, the place turned upside down that evening. I, I've not seen... Mm. I mean, I've seen Palace fans cross at... Uh, Performances, you know, four 0 at home to Sunderland by half time. That that probably is top of the list in terms of blood in mouth status. But in terms of an individual taking the ball off a, a proven penalty taker, Luca, who I think had scored one in that game already, only to miss it, it was just a dreadful, dreadful moment. And it took a long time, pretty much the rest of that season, for Palace fans to to forgive him in in, in any form when he kind of got given the uh, the consolation prize at the fifth penalty, the fifth goal in the in that five 0 against Leicester, like Joe mentioned. But which he which he fell over taking, which he fell, well. which he very he tried very <laughs> yeah, hard to miss as well. Yeah. Um, but 
his form dropped off, but he did score that goal and empty Amex. Um, oh, smash and yeah. grab baby so grab. Yeah. that is a, a fantastic moment and he'll always have that and those goals that he scored um, under Roy in that last season albeit without the fans you know, very important goals and he did earn that contract you know he, that wasn't a, a charitable donation he was worthy of that contract and uh, you know lower terms it, it suited all parties but I think a year on after that contract extension hasn't worked out with Vieira he hasn't scored a league goal since last November um, I think it's the right time. I'm surprised that he's gone to the States, but there is the glamour and the lure of playing for Wayne Rooney, who is the, the biggest profile in that league now. Um, DC United oh, will be course. a big deal. Yeah. He'll be a big deal in that league. There'll be a lot of attention on him. Um, and age 31, he's probably earned all the money he wants to earn. Um, you know, what a life to, to go and live over in the States. I don't know how long his contract is over there. Um, it's possible that he might come back to Europe. You know, it's not the um, the kind of graveyard of footballers anymore the MLS you know no, players no, do go there and come back so it might be that we do see him back in European football but yeah thank, thanks for the efforts Christian it wasn't as great as it could have been but it certainly had its moments well we know he's a big basketball fan there you go so that could be a problem <laughs> and the Washington Wizards are crap so <laughs> he may well get some game time um have to admit like obviously he yeah times are up, are up and down he always conducted himself in a very professional yeah. manner Never heard him moaning in the press, like always great. just got on with it. Well Actually, liked in the squad. Well liked. Um seemed yeah. to have a great relationship. As you say, apart from that Bournemouth game, you know, he did earn it the trust back of Palace fans. So um he does, I think, go with the, the well, well with his well, yeah. uh, sorry, just very close with Wilf, I think. And yeah, you know, given the temptation Wilf's probably had to kick up more of a fuss to have people that he likes in and around him yeah. at the club, um, is is a positive. And maybe we'll touch on Wilf in a moment or two. But um yeah, it's it's uh, it's a shame to see someone go after such a long time. Six years is an incredibly long time. Well, um, and, and and the peak of his, you know, from twenty five to thirty one, the, the, yeah. his peak years. Yeah. Yeah. There was a there was a quote I think 2 years ago possibly when he said look I know it's not been great for a while but I I just can't I can't forgive myself. I think the the term the, the line was I don't want to go like walk off like a thief in the night. Basically he yeah, said you know yeah. I'm here on big money I'm your record transfer I for various reasons it's not clicked. I can't I can't I I I'm, I want to stay and try. Yeah. Maybe that was a very clever tactic because he was just actually going, no, I'm never going to get paid this anywhere else. <laughs> but I felt like, as you say, outwardly conducted himself, never kicked, never seemed to be like, you know, kicking bibs up in the air when he wasn't playing and, and whatnot. He, it's almost like he kind of knew, perhaps mm. took it on too much and it weighed heavy on him. But yeah, for the money generally probably wasn't worth it. But, you know... We've had so we did still get some cult moments out of him. Yeah, the the, yeah. the dink against Courtois, oh, the, God, yeah. the Brighton volley, and you know those goals against Anfield. Yeah. Um, you know we've 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 had some we've had some great moments. My, my only regret with him, and this will be my last point on him, JD. Mm. My only regret is that he didn't score a bicycle kick, which he threatened to do so many yes. times. Oh, <laughs> he hit the bar in one game, didn't if he? Yeah. If yeah, if he'd scored a scissor a scissor kick, um, I would you know, be sending him away with my best regards. That's my one regret with Christian that he didn't yeah. have that unbelievable moment in front of the Homesdale because actually all the moments we're talking about there are away from Selhurst. Yeah, and yeah. I think if he did have that iconic moment in front of the Homesdale, we'd all be saying cheerio and yeah. probably not looking at it as kind of this halfway house type of vibe that we seem to be. But yeah, incredible player on his day. 
sadly just didn't see it enough or often enough. In well, I look, I look forward to seeing them again in pre-season next year when half our squad go to America. <laughs> half of them stay home and play Crew Alexander. Um, let's move on then briefly. We we are running over as per. Um, we do have questions about Will. Rumours linking with Chelsea this week, I believe, that have cropped up. Um, lots of different questions. So I'll just put I'll put this to you quickly both, if you can if you can sum up your feelings quickly. Um, let's have a look. Daniel J. Edwards and Wheelman, um, hey. worst superhero ever, have both said, would you swap Will for Gallagher? Oh try answering that one quickly. Um, uh, no, well, okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then Palace Ash has left us about three different questions all about Hi, Wolf. Ash. Hi, Ash. Um, what do we do next? If Wolf isn't prepared to sign a contract, he has to go. We can't afford to have him leave on a free. Um, no point splashing the cash on a forward. Okay, I think we know. Uh, what, what, what? Can we not? I mean, you know, t- say we get 25 million for him. The, the moment Wolf walks out the door, the chances of us being relegated increase massively, as far as I'm concerned. God knows what the most recent estimate in terms of what relegation costs a Premier League club. Yeah. Compare that to 25 million. I just I just don't think they're comparable. I, I think the risk mm. of letting him go, unless you have a certified Premier League quality replacement lined up who's in a similar position where we can pick him up for peanuts, I just don't think the risk of letting Wilf go just to get some money for him is worth it. I, I just think he's too important to us. He's banging form. He looked great the other night. Not for me. I, I just don't think we're obliged to sell him. And he signed a five-year contract. And the expectation is he'll see that five years out if we don't want to sell him. And then, you know, we, we part ways with him next year and the club have a year to plan for it. Yeah, I dare say we have succession planning already kind of in place. Next, this time next year, unless, you know, unless he really itches for a move, we should have a, a Lise that is established in the yeah. side. Fit, yeah. Premier League ready, Lise. And And the way we're talking about Malcolm... Yeah, you could go into next season with them on either side, and I'd still be pretty excited. Yeah. We might need a, a goal scorer. I feel like that's the the foil. Yeah. You know, it's not a case of do we where we're going to find another exciting winger from. It's it's more likely to be we need a forward talisman after that, yeah. and that that's more of the concern. But yeah, I'm very much with Jack. I think some of the money banded round, unless he's actively pushing for it, I think it's very much. Uh, you know, go with our blessing next summer. Yeah, that, because we've been talking on this pod for years about Wilf go. When does Wilf go? How long will he stay? That that day is it is is creeping closer, and it probably is next summer, as you say. So we are going to have to prepare ourselves for his departure, which is going to be even if it is next summer, and that's the right time. It's going to be a big moment, given what he's done for the club. Um, but I don't think now's the time, and actually. Remember a few years ago, and they were saying, "Well, Palace won't accept lower than seventy or eighty because they sell on to United." Blah 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 blah. That that fear has gone down, obviously. So yeah. now, actually, as you say, Jack, the return isn't quite worth the reward isn't worth the return or whatever I'm trying to say in terms of the money for what you then get for replacement wise. Because no, and, and and if you were to look at that swap, you know, monetary value in terms of Gallagher, who's got say three years left on his Chelsea contract, is age twenty two versus Wilf, who's got 
one year going into turning 30, then if it was to be considered a straight swap, Chelsea would probably be within their rights to say, we'll have Wilfred Zaha and you can give us 15 to 20 million as well. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, right. we're, we're, we're spending money on on losing Wilf in that scenario. And yeah, I, I just think he's so, it's, it's you know, the progress we've made in terms of the additions to the squad over the last mm. 14 months is to be heralded. And we're living in a, you know, unbelievable era of, of Palace quality on, on, on the pitch. But there's no more important player in red and blue than Wilfred Zaha. So the, the impact of losing him is is significant. And I I don't think £25 million really would be of interest to Steve Parrish. And and, and the form in the back end of last season as well. You know, it's Unbelievable. That. Well, Joe, Joe points out the goals. That is, that's the big risk you lose with Wilfred. Yeah. You know, we've got players who now can do the the wonderful skill on, on the wing and, and, you know, get us up the pitch. But it's the goals that if we lose Wilf, where are the goals coming from? Um, and that's the, the the most important thing on a football pitch. So yeah, yeah. Um, Wolf, it's not straight ten years straight service, but him and Wardy as well. I feel like are we waiting for their contracts to be up before we give them a testimonial? Or are we not going to do it at all? I'm, I'm. I'm. Who would who would who would they who would who would Wolf testimonial be against? Would it be? Ivory Coast All Stars like Aruna, <laughs> right. Din, Aruna Dindan making his sellers S- return. Sir, Serge Aurier returning to Selhurst for a fourth foul throw. Yeah, that yes. type of vibe. Yeah, uh, I don't know. against the Man United team of players from 2013. Yeah, You're managed not by Gibbs. Alex Ferguson. Not, not Ryan uh, yeah. Obviously, we finally get the what if. God. Yeah, we get the what if finally. Yeah, Fergie, yeah exactly. Fergie, Fergie led United side. <laughs> yeah, we'll, and we'll, we'll, we'll in get the front one of each. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Be yeah, that's a great shout. African All Stars, Wolf or Wolf gets to choose who he wants. Probably be all the lads he played with at like under seventeen level, who he still seems to be best mates with, and groomsmen at their weddings and stuff like that. Probably wants to hang out with them even more than he does does now. But yeah, ten is it? Yeah, it'll be ten seasons of Wolf. No, eleven seasons of Wolf. God, I don't know. But uh, it's yeah. unbelievable yeah. service. Yeah. It when really it was only will be one year. He was away, wasn't it? One yeah, when you, when yeah. you when you when you when you factor in the loans, he was only away for one season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, unbelievable so it's going to be an unbelievably sad moment when he does yes. yeah. leave but let's not talk about that now because no. I don't okay. think it's going to happen <laughs> if by next pod record I mean I guess we'll have to have an extraordinary pod won't we if Wilf does leave we'll well, just if Wilf to, goes in the next few weeks we're going to have to we'll just special, have to record on the episode. night or something like that oh my god just you know yeah. three to four People just crying into microphones. <laughs> one a one a.m. on a on a Thursday night in September, just weeping, and that'll just be me recovering from Edinburgh. Yeah, just, yeah. just swearing about Carve Solicor. <laughs> anyway, okay. Fingers crossed it doesn't happen. Um, thank you to everyone for your questions. And as ever, we can't get through them all, but I'll, I'll try and save some for next week, and we'll see what happens. Um, but right now, take a quick break, and when we come back, going to preview Liverpool. Podcast. Sponsored by Eternity Home Finance. That was a nice way. Uh, sponsored by Eternity Home Finance for a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages, property portfolios, or help with mitigating against rising interest rates. Email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. Or if you want to chat about Palace, because they are Palace fans as well. So, you know, if you're worried about Wilf, drop them a line. You can chat about that. Um, Liverpool way. 
Monday night. Uh, this will be interesting. Now, this is a very interesting question, actually, from Toby Kinder. Hey, Toby. Hey, Toby. Hi, Toby. I had to watch two games last year at the Hapney Bridge Bar in Paris. I'm guessing that's a Irish bar of some sort. Or, I don't know. Um, the games were City nil, Palace 2. Nice. Palace 4, Everton nil. See where this is going. It, is he asking you to pay for flights out there or something? What's going on? <laughs> he says, I'm there on Monday for the Liverpool game. If we win, will listeners crowdfund me to move in? Get, well, Mr. Kinder, if we do win, you're not coming home. So no, you are. Yeah. You are now a French citizen. Yeah. Monsieur Kinder. <laughs> Monsieur Kinder. Monsieur Kinder. Uh, um, well, if that does happen, we'll, we'll deal with that next week and we'll, we'll start the crowd. Get a picture. Get a picture of you there. And yes. Yeah, tweet tweet us the a picture and we'll share it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. Um, here's one, Joe, that's um, it's a bit salty, but we'll go that Stuart Shave. Hey, Stuart. Hey, Stuart. Stuart. If we beat Liverpool on Monday, suggestions for Klopp to use as, as an excuse? Great question. Ooh. The Palace fans were too loud. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, like that. Like that a lot. I don't um, think you'll be able to top the grass being too dry from this weekend. That was that was pretty good. That was, uh, yeah. I did enjoy I mean, the win. I did enjoy the win a couple of years ago against Everton. That was a good one as well. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, he, he is a man who will just find any excuse, um, but seems not to bother about those excuses when they see teams off handsomely. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's an indication of just how often they win that, yeah. we, that we hear them so infrequently. But yeah, he, yeah, is, yeah. he is good for doing those every time they lose yeah. or drop points. He's yeah. a shocker. He, he's an absolute shocker. Um, I can't wait for him to blame five substitutes when they when they lose due to a fifth sub when <laughs> yeah. it was his idea so. <laughs> exactly yeah. um, okay Jack what are we thinking about this game because we, 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 we uh, earlier in the we did touch on the fact that uh, with, with Craig's 10 days uh, that it might be a bit of a write-off but you know with Liverpool City game last season you never know with this Palace team never know and they Liverpool were not great on Saturday uh, Thiago's now injured and they, they looked quite toothless in midfield um, but they've got goal threats you know they they are uh, one good passage of play from from Salah being in on goal or Darwin Nunes being between the sticks, um, who yeah looks very comfortable. Lovely finish from him the other night. Uh, well, sorry the other the other afternoon. So uh, I am it's, it's it's wrong to see a competitive Premier League fixture as part of our preseason, but I would rather play Liverpool uh, a second fixture of the season, first away game of the season when. We're still looking a little bit rusty in certain elements of our play to see if we can, you know, eke out those improvements in the game, or if we get seen off two or three nil. So be it. It's early enough in the season for us to recover from it. But yeah, hoping. I think we touched on earlier, hoping for a relatively similar team. Uh, more minutes for Decore. He'll have to work hard. Um, maybe changes at, at right back. Maybe Wardy for Klein again. But I think Klein had a, a perfectly good game. Um, against Arsenal and then it's that decision as to whether Vieira persists with uh, his man Odson Edward or whether he he gets JPM back in I, I think JPM might suit this better but I want uh, but, uh, but you know I still want Edward to start which seems a bit odd um, but yeah it is for Vieira to make but not especially confident because of how imperious they've been at home over the last five years under, under Klopp um, but happy to be proved wrong yeah, I mean, to be fair, City were in the same position when we went there uh, recently and won. But as you say, the, the odds are against us. If, if Darwin Nunes scores against Palace, 
my mentions are going to be horrendous after that sketch I did about him being the worst Liverpool striker ever. And well, I, I still... hope he does. I hope he does score in that case. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. So, so I can learn my lesson. Um, yeah. Anyway, what do you think? What, what, what do you think, Joe? I think Jack's right up top is probably is the only place we might see a potential switch, and I, I think it, yeah, it could. I could see why it could be Benteta. Yeah, I think so. And uh, you know, we're not we're not going to come out with the same. You know, we're not going to come out this game with more more possession than Liverpool. It's going to be slightly. You know, Arsenal are at a very good level now with their recruitment, but Liverpool are still several steps above. That's just you know them and City. They are in their own little league at the moment in the Premier League. They've outstanding in Europe generally. They're both outstanding. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a. I think Decore won't be the only player with cramp. Monday night, I think there might be yeah. a few more towards the end. Um, yeah, and then it's it's certainly a game where that the five subs we're going to see it against the bigger sides now, where uh, how, just how much of a difference that will make. I think you're not allowed to spread them; you have to do them in blocks of three. You can only yeah, you, only, you can only do three substitution stoppages. So how you can, do you know all these rules? Are you getting CC'd in the emails from people? I'm, I'm, well? I'm IFAB certified now. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I think IFAB, but that is what it's called. IFAB. I'd, ne- I'd never heard of IFAB until about two years ago, and they are constantly referred to in like Twitter and Sky Sports. Yeah. Now. He's um, friends with uh, Mike Riley. So, <laughs> Mike Riley. Mike Riley. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I. I know we'll give them a good game. We we are even even on bad days. We are quite competitive, which sounds sort of defeatist but i quite you know i'm quite happy with us being competitive against top six teams generally speaking or certainly the top two uh you know i'm I'm happy with that anfield asking a lot on a monday night but yeah you know we'll, we'll see i think we're, it's more likely to be a counter-attack or, or something like that liverpool play a high line sadio Mane's not playing so you know take <laughs> off and get He'll, he'll find a way of scoring something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, at least that won't happen. Um, okay, cool. Well, we'll be back next week, obviously, to uh, review that. And the post-match pod for the patrons, patron.com slash FIP podcast, will be, well, late on Monday night, I'd imagine, uh, reviewing that game. In the meantime, though, guys, thanks for joining us. Joe, great to have you back. Kick off a new season with you. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you very much for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Good to be back. Top man. Jack, great to have you back as well. I think we've kicked off the season in style there. Yeah, thanks, Josie. Yeah, no, great episode. Nice to still remain positive after after defeat. But um, keep representing FYP on the streets of Edinburgh every day. <laughs> just remember to come home at some point, okay? Just, you know, this isn't the rest of your life. The, oh, well, that's uh, not the dream I was sold when I signed <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, it's been very odd recording a podcast with you not in a wooden cabin. In someone's spare room in in Scotland, but yeah, we've got through it anyway. New season, new me. So <laughs> this could be my new life. Um, anyway, thank you, boys. Uh, thank you to our patrons, of course, and thank to all our listeners. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Podcast Network.